0: As a performer, you're not just a disembodied voice. The rest of you and where and how you move the rest of you can help or sabotage your performance impact, even on your recordings where they can't see you. Want some master ninja tips for this? Listen up. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at JudyRodman.com. Today, I'm going to be talking to nationally acclaimed live performance coach, Diane Kimbrough. I'm really excited about having her here on ATV for you because I have witnessed the amazing metamorphosis made by artists that I've referred to her. With her diagnostic grasp of an individual's authentic movement and style and her extremely creative coaching, how do you come up with that stuff? She gets the artist curious, experimental, and focused in ways that are synergistic with my own vocal coaching. And I see her work help them blow the lid off their audience impact. So who is Diane Kimbrough and how does she know what she knows? As an actress, dancer, and choreographer, Diane's career has taken her to Europe, South America, and the Caribbean and the Middle East, where she's directed and choreographed live shows for companies including IBM, Kawasaki, NCR, Chevrolet, Texaco, and Suzuki. She herself has appeared on stage and television with an array of stars from Garth Brooks to the LA Dodgers. Her work has appeared on every major television network, She's staged a wide array of events from ABC's Monday Night Football promo to the All-American Thanksgiving Day Parade for CBS. Diane is a veteran of eight seasons, count them eight, of the CMAs, the Country Music Association Awards, staging such knockout numbers as Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee, Brad Paisley's Online, and Shania Twain's I'm Out of Here and Any Man of Mine. Managers and record labels including Arista, Atlantic, Capital, Columbia, Epic, Mercury, RCA, and Sony, as well as a host of indie labels, have hired Diane to coach their emerging artists, as well as the top-selling stars. Her clients include solo artists, vocal groups, and bands of any genre. Diane's philosophy is create an experience, and you've created a fan. Now, on to the interview. Hey, Diane, are you there?
1: I'm right here, Judy.
0: Was that pretty much right? You got it. (laughs) Okay.
1: It's been fun.
0: So let's start out with exactly what is performance coaching. People know about vocal coaching. They know about maybe dialect coaching and different things like that. What is performance coaching?
1: Well, Judy, what's interesting about that is so many people come in, uh, to a session with with me without an idea of what they're getting into. And so, uh, they have misconceptions that it has to do with choreography and Mm -hmm. they have misconceptions that it's an acting lesson or that I'm going to tell them every gesture to make and actually map out every song that they do. Um, it's kind of easier to say that and say this is what it is not And it's a little harder to define exactly what it is, only because artists need so many different things. But I guess if I had to put it into a nutshell, I would say that live performance coaching is about helping an artist get in touch with the music so that it can be visually expressed to an audience in a way that makes them engage solidly with the experience.
0: A strange topic, but boy, you know when somebody's got it. There are artists
1: who have what we in the industry call the "it" factor. There's just a magic, a naturalness about them, and one would think that that person doesn't really even need performance coaching. They can just go out there and knock it out of the park. But even someone like that, Judy, needs technique behind them. Let's say to use the space that they're in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There are other people who may not yet have discovered that it factor in themselves and help opening the door to expose what's really in there. So Mm -hmm. it runs the gamut Mm -hmm. and stage presence, I would say is that ability to truly command the space that you're in and engage the people that have bought a ticket to see you.
0: All right. well let's talk about how you uh, developed the way that you coach stage performance. You come from both an acting and dance experience. How do you incorporate your expertise in both areas into your work with clients? Do you teach everybody to dance?
1: Actually, I teach no one to dance. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fear that people have. They think they're coming to a dance lesson, but that doesn't happen. No, it's really from the dance world, what I bring to the table is when you're doing a ballet or even a jazz piece or a hip hop piece, you're really telling a story with movement.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: so the same is true when you are delivering a song, you still have to tell the story with movement. And in terms of acting in every song, you are, you know, for all intents and purposes, playing the role of the person in the song. Right. So both of those techniques of movement and acting very much come into play for a singer. And we all know that, you know, in terms of being successful as an artist, you can't be only a radio artist. All the money is made in touring. And so you have to be able to present something on stage that is so much more than what a person can download and listen to.
0: Right. And you know, what I find, and this is one of the ways we work in Synergy, is that stage movements that communicate something, a message, also change vocal tone. And vocal tone and stage movement need to go together.
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I, I ran into this just a couple of weeks ago. I was working with an artist who had just done a bunch of tracks. And the producer before he pitched this artist, wanted to get them in and do a a session or two with me. Mm -hmm. And they still had about three more tracks that they were going to lay down vocals on. And he came and sat in on the session with this artist and was blown away because we talked about the fact that we had rehearsed to the songs that she had already laid the tracks down on. And now she had a completely different perspective on those songs. And he was really glad that... She had had these sessions before she was doing the rest of her vocal tracks because it was going to affect her delivery of the songs. And he was very pleased about that and kind of wished that she had had the performance coaching before she laid down the first tracks because of their her insight into her music being so much greater.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so true. A lot of times when an artist comes in and the problem has been that they're numb or they're not getting enough feeling into their recordings. The problem is they don't know what they're doing. They literally don't know what their voice is supposed to be doing. And my work with them gets them you know, focused into who is the lyric written to? That's who you're supposed to be talking to. And when they work on stage movement with you, you get them in touch with, okay, what are you communicating? Who are you talking to? What are you trying to get them to know? And it's the very same thing that I get them doing vocally. And it changes the tone of their voice. If somebody listens to a recording on the radio, they should be able to see, to picture the person's physicality because they're delivering messages and those those things go together in human communication. Yeah, it's amazing how working a little on stage performance and getting a little stage experience can change the ability of a person to communicate in a recording. Yeah, that's awesome, that's, that's a great idea to actually do this before going into the studio.
1: It's important, it colors absolutely everything.
0: So facial and body language matter. If a person was, was deaf and needed to just see you on stage and know what you're saying, or if a person was listening to the recording, they should get the same message.
1: Well, it's interesting that you bring that up about someone perhaps not being able to hear because one of the techniques that I use in working with an artist is, of course, to visually record our sessions. When I play that back to the artist, I always play it back without the sound.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, what a great idea.
1: They need to be able to see what the audience sees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the artist is not their audience. And when they're watching themselves in a mirror, they're not seeing what the audience sees. Mm -hmm. So when they watch a recording back and without the sound, they can see what the audience sees and they can see if their body language is reflective of the song.
0: Right. Uh, And when when you're working with groups, it's like, are they actually both on stage together or are they two separate entities that are not even looking at each other ever and all these weird things that the audience sees and they don't even realize they're doing it. Of course. Or not course. doing it. Yeah. Um, what are some of the ways psychologically, cause I've seen you work when we double team people from time to time. Uh, what are some of the ways that you get people focused on what they should be focused on rather than everything at once, which of course becomes that, that shotgun blast rather than that laser beam.
1: Well, that's a very easy question to answer. I tell every artist when they walk in, if you get nothing else out of a session of working with me, you should get this. Everything that you do on stage is already dictated by the music or the lyrics. And their big fear is, I don't know what to do. Well, I can tell you right off the bat that you're not in touch with your lyrics then and you haven't really listened to the music because it will dictate everything. And so you don't need the fear factor of I don't know what to do. What (laughs) you need to do is sit down with the piece of music and really listen to it. Listen to absolutely every word of every line in the lyric and understand why those words were chosen right then. What does this line mean? What's the context of it? I've had artists that I joke around with and I say, you know, do you like English class? Because coming in here is kind of like going to an English class. We're going to diagram sentences. (laughs) You have to know what it is that you're saying in order to be able to deliver it effectively. Wow. There are so many things in the music and the actual structure of the music that tell you whether it's an appropriate time to move whether it's an appropriate time to gesture, um, why the constructs are there in the music and how that affects what you do on stage. For example, you've got a verse and a chorus and then a turnaround before the next verse. Well, what's the purpose of that turnaround? It's moving the music from Mm -hmm. section B back to section A, so from the chorus back to the verse. Oh, it's moving from one section to another. Gee, maybe I ought to move (laughs) the stage and go from one place to another. Wow. When you can listen to the constructs of the piece of music, you can find a lot of things to do in there without worrying about, gee, does this look awkward? Of course it doesn't look awkward because if it matches what's going on structurally in the song, it's always going to look right.
0: Wow. You know, that goes right along with the way I teach, which is, uh, if they, if the person knows who they're talking to and knows what response they want, which of course is acting technique,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then they don't even have to think about it. They just automatically use the right tone, you know, and all this training stuff that I give them and the movement stuff that you give them is to give them options so that they, uh, their voice and, and the, you know, the intention to move is chosen according to what the message that's being delivered. Who are they talking to? What response do they want? And it's like the human being all of a sudden realizes, oh, that's what we're doing. I can do that.
1: (laughs) Of course. And Judy, there are songs also where there's more than one voice in the song, meaning not more than one singer, but the singer is kind of speaking for a few different people or a few different people's point of view. I think Miranda Lambert's song, This Ain't Your Mama's Broken Heart, uh-huh. In that song, it's her point of view. And then she's also saying things that her mother would say. Yes. Right. And so it's important for the singer to know who's speaking at that time. Right. If they <laughs> sing it straight through like it's all coming out of them, that's not really cohesive with the lyrics. So they have to know who is the character that they are, who is the person whose voice they are using.
0: You know, this drives the the whole idea of authenticity. So you're not just making some stage movement going from X to, to Y or, or X to that other X. You know, I mean, you're doing it, but you're doing it for a reason. And oh, so the awesome. audience gets this perception of authenticity like, oh, you're really being real. You're, you're that, and that kind of draws people in, doesn't it?
1: Well, it does. However, I got to grab one of the things you just said. Okay. Which- okay. Being real because um, I approach things very differently from any other performance coach that is out there. and that is the idea of being real on stage because in my opinion there's nothing real about it <laughs> I love it and I tell the artists right at the moment uh-huh. I hear from everybody You got to feel it and you've got to be in the moment and you've got to be real. And that is something that is, you know, frankly, impossible. I mean, if you think about it, Judy, when you are on stage and you're singing about the the boyfriend who just left you Mm -hmm. real, you're not that person whose boyfriend just left them. What Uh you're looking at is like, gee, I'm on stage. This is the coolest thing ever. And I feel great. And oh my gosh, that light is kind of bright in my eyes. (laughs) There are times when I know this has happened to you, it happens to everybody when you've got a terrible cold and you just don't feel good. You're running 103 temperature, but you have a gig. And so you're up on stage and you are not thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so in the moment, my boyfriend just left me. What you're thinking about is, can I make it to the end of this gig before I pass out on stage? I feel horrible. That, I feel horrible is real. (laughs) That's what real is. The lights are so bright in my face. That's what's real and in the moment. The rest of it is doing your job as an entertainer to connect with the audience. And you do what makes it work for them? Because when you're on stage, it's not about you. You didn't buy the ticket,
0: right? And right. you
1: are there to make it real for the audience.
0: How is this like acting? Because that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing you Sanford, I always tell my students the the, the Sanford Meisner quote, which is uh, great acting is is behaving authentically in fictional circumstances.
1: That's exactly what it is. Okay. I I would say, how is it not like acting?
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: I say that every singer out there who's listening to this is going to go, oh my goodness, now I'm an actress. I don't know how to do that, but it's not, I don't mean for that to be a stress inducing thing. I mean for that to be uh, something that actually lets you release the anxiety of being, having to be real.
0: And that really helps with stage fright, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, because it's no, you're no. Now you know you're focused on that thing that you're doing on purpose rather than, oh my God, I, you know, I don't know what to do.
1: Well, Judy, there's an artist that you and I both worked with who did a lot of coaching uh, around the country and speaking engagements, and she also plays guitar and sings along with her uh, her speaking engagements.
0: Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh huh.
1: Yes. And when you sent her to me, she said, I have no trouble getting up and doing my motivational speaking on stage. But boy, when I pick up this guitar and sing, I just feel so vulnerable because I have taught myself all my life to shut down my feelings. This was a person who was dealing with a serious eating disorder.
0: Exactly.
1: And so she had you know, since I was a little girl. I've trained myself to not feel. So when I get up on stage and i got to like, get into all these feelings, I just shut down. And I said, that's not what this is about. Because you,
0: to feel you
1: are engaging the audience. This is getting them to feel something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that idea of her getting the audience to feel something, which is what it should be, released her from all of that anxiety, realizing that, I don't have to expose my deepest fears and feelings on stage. I only have to engage theirs. She was a different person.
0: Oh, yeah. I just saw her give one of her speeches. She, she came to Nashville and you know, She's living in Texas now. Just saw her uh, a few weeks ago. And she was incredible. Incredible. It's like she, and I knew she didn't feel very good. She was tired. But she not only spoke, but she sang, and she was completely connected. You would have been so proud of her, Diane. And she was, boy, she was not that girl when we first. She's one of those people, I think, that you and I both kind of helped her dig dig her own it factor out.
1: Yes. You have to unpack all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me say this, Judy, too. There are a lot of people that come in. And they'll say, oh, I don't know what to do on stage. And I'm just clumsy when I get out there. I'm really awkward. And the first words out of my mouth
0: are, who told you that? Oh, right. Totally. Oh, yeah.
1: And often there are outside circumstances that are influencing things like that. I'm working with a very well-known female artist right now who walked in with those exact words. I'm just awkward and clumsy on stage. And I asked her "The who, who said that. And she said, well, I just, I just am. I, you know, I really like to wear stiletto heels on stage and I have a lot of trouble walking. I'm just clumsy. And I said, okay, bring your heels to your next rehearsal. Well, the <laughs> shoes don't fit, Judy. And so she has a big gap in the back of the heel. And I said, this oh my is gosh. you being awkward or clumsy. You just don't have shoes that fit. So you're going to have to go out and rethink your shoe purchases, and find a brand that holds your heel. So wow. that we are not feeling unstable on stage, but it had nothing to do with clumsiness or awkwardness. And it also people get confused at, and say, I'm just bad at this, or I'm just bad at that, when the fact is, they don't have any experience at it. So there's a big difference between having experience and not being good at something.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're
1: judging themselves based on a lack of experience. They might be the best at whatever that thing is, but
0: they haven't done it enough times to know that. Oh, I'm thinking of another girl right now that you and I have worked with who is just catching fire right now. She's been in the Rolling Stone magazine. She's Her videos have one in the CMA... Uh, 12 pack video thing it's just unbelievable how much presence stage presence she's got but she didn't have it until she played and played and played and played and i think she just got the experience of being on stage was just like walking around and breathing and uh and then she added some techniques that you taught her you know and and of course the vocal stuff I'm, i'm continuing to teach her And uh, she's amazing on stage. And she was just as like a little church mouse at first.
1: Well, there's nothing like getting out there and doing it a million times to get your confidence level
0: up. You know, and that's another thing. Getting stage experience can be an important precursor for coming in to work with you.
1: Yeah, I I think it's important to have a little experience under your belt and not come in not having done anything. Uh Uh-huh. I mean that would be like you know giving somebody a bunch of ingredients in the kitchen and a bowl, but no <laughs> recipe, and just say you know make a cake. I mean you don't really even know where to begin if you haven't ever been on stage before. I always prefer if someone is in the process of getting gigs, so that when we're working together, they have that opportunity to then go put it on and do it. For them to come in and do a bunch of sessions and then not have any gigs where they can practice it is difficult and not as effective.
0: That leads me to this thought. How should a vocalist or an artist practice the instructions you give them for stage performance after their session with you?
1: Well, there are two things I'll say. First of all, I would suggest, and I I do this in my sessions, that they type out their lyric sheets, double space or triple space everything, and then work the lyrics with a pen in hand doing all of that diagnostic work about what they're saying and the purpose and the context and all of that and get all of that written in and really study their lyrics and really listen in depth to every nuance that's happening in the music, because you'll hear things in a, in the drums or in a bass line that can also clue you into opportunities to move or gesture on stage. If there's six, those are things that you can use. So, kind of doing the written homework for it is extremely important. Mm-hmm. The other piece to that is the visual on it, and that would be not performing in front of a mirror, but using. Uh, some kind of device to visually record
0: mm-hmm.
1: what they are doing so that they can see from the audience point of view and do exactly what we do in rehearsal. Turn that sound off. Does everything look the same? If they've got a song that is a really up-tempo, um, happy-go-lucky type of thing versus the breakup song, those should look different in the video without the sound.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. the
1: voice of a, strong person versus the voice of a vulnerable person. Visually, those should look different and they need to be looking for that without the distraction of hearing their voice because once they do that, then they're going to be thinking about whether they're singing in tune and you know, how their vocals sound and not really be able to study what's happening visually.
0: That's just like uh what guitar players and piano players need to do in in my opinion too, which is separate your practice. Uh, focus on just the guitar and just halfway sing. You don't even worry about it. And then focus on your singing and don't play the guitar. Either use a back scratcher stick or just hold your guitar and play whole notes or something. But that way, just like when I learned to play piano and, you know, needed to practice just the right hand, then the left hand till you had those both going and then put them together. You're saying practice your performance uh, visual uh, separately from the sound of your voice. I think that's incredible. And then when you put everything together, a guitarist should be playing their guitar in a way that supports their voice. And it does go together. But just to separate them is a really cool tactic for training. I think that's that's really great. When they're using these stage the stage movements and stuff, it should affect their voice and uh, it should support their voice too
1: yeah so when you were talking about separating things and i think it's really important if you are a person who self accompanies you got to lay down a track that you can sing to and then put that guitar on because you will never be able to express on stage what you need to while you're practicing with the guitar absolutely you will always be limited so put the guitar down and let yourself be uncomfortable. That's, you know, that's a, a prop that they can hide behind and it restricts their movement. So they're not thinking and being creative about what else can I do here. And so get the guitar out of your hands, do the song without it, even if you're never gonna perform it on stage without that guitar. <laughs> Rehearse without the guitar because you have the freedom to move your lower body, your upper body, your face in ways that you would not do if you have the guitar there. You know, with a guitar, you can't take the mic off the stand and go walk around with it unless you've got a headset, Mm -hmm. which requires you to have your face in a certain relationship to the mic. And so there are things that you will never discover by not getting out of that position. So you get yourself out of that position you move around as much as you possibly can. You use your hands in every way possible with gesture, much bigger than you think you ever would. It's always easier to pare things down. But it's terrifying to go big if you've never practiced that.
0: Here's another way that you and I work synergistically. Because one of the reasons that people get nervous when they get out from behind their instrument, they always play, is because their breath control is not working because of the way their hands and arms are uh, related to their body. And so uh, what I like to do is have people practice in situ, just like you're talking about. Um, like, are you going to be using a guitar for that? or Are you not? Or maybe like you should practice without the guitar anyway, just so you can learn how to hold a mic in a way that makes your rib cage open instead of tighten. You know, when people are not used to what they're doing, uh, whether it's standing, sitting, playing some kind of instrument, standing and playing or sitting and playing, sitting on a short stool or sitting on a tall stool, sitting on a couch, all of that matters to breath control. Mm -hmm. They won't even know why they're uh, feeling anxious or not confident. And that's because their voice is not working because simply they're not using their hands in a way that helps their... uh, Cage open and helps their throat be open instead of tight so diane i want to go back to something that you and i've talked about but i don't think we've completely thought it through and that is when i ask an artist who they're supposed to be singing to on stage mm-hmm. uh, and they tell me the audience i say wrong and i use taylor swift's song someday i'll be living in a big old city and all you're ever going to be is mean as an example and I say, you know, that's not to the audience, we hope. It's to the bully. But there's a difference between singing to the audience and singing in their direction for them.
1: Exactly. You know.
0: Or if you are talking to a lover, you know, uh, I can't make you love me if you don't. Hopefully that's not to the audience. You're singing to a soul, to one heart, for the audience. And to me, that's like acting technique. You know, they might be doing this love scene and, and there's all these cameras around and stuff like that. And they have to ignore them and be really focused on the person they're talking to and not break character until the scene is done. And yeah, so that's got to visually kind of go into what you uh, tell people to do as well, right?
1: Well, it's a, it's really just the same thing, voiced differently. That's where I was saying previously that you have to think about whose voice you're using. Uh, uh-huh. You know, am I singing, you know, me, Diane, or am you know talking to you, people in the audience, which might be something like uh, a song like There's No Business, like show business, you know, mm-hmm. okay, so that's delivered to the whole audience. You're the
0: one heart of the whole audience, right.
1: Right, but there's other things where you're having really a conversation in the song Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you are singing to the person you're having the conversation with the audience is just looking in it's like in acting it's the fourth wall Right. right so the audience just has the privilege of being there while you are carrying on a conversation on a melodic line yeah that's what the song is it's a conversation on a melodic line
0: this is the end of part one be sure and tune in for the next episode part two of my interview with diane kimbrough this is judy rodman you can find me at judyrodman.com see you next time for all things vocal the podcast for singers speakers vocal coaches and studio producers